welcome to the Life to the Fullest podcast by EF3. I'm your host, Dan Jason. At EF3 Life, we're devoted to sharing life with you by journeying together. We believe in self-improvement, growth, and impacting the lives of others. Our four pillars are deeply rooted in the areas of education, faith, fitness, and finance, spreading love, positivity, and the good news of Jesus while growing to become the best version of ourselves is what we strive for. We believe in obtaining greatness and desire to empower people as we work together to share this platform and God's love with those we encounter. Be sure to visit EF3Life.com and follow us on social media at EF3Life. Keep living life to the fullest. Hey everybody, I'm so glad that you joined us today because we're entering this Holy Week and it's just a time and a space for us to prepare for the Lord's coming and His passion, death, and resurrection. Certainly as we sit here on the eve of Palm Sunday and we think about all the things that God has done for us over the course of this last 40 or so day journey through Lent, it's important for us to recall and remember the spiritual desert that we have been in, the prayer and the penance, the fasting, the reading of scripture, and the many ways that we decided to dive deeply into the life of Christ so as to become closer to him, to draw closer to him and to the Father, ultimately growing in love, love for God and love for one another. As we're about to embark on this Holy Week journey together, I wanted to invite you into the life, the death, and the resurrection of our Lord and to recall the things that Jesus has laid out from the beginning of time because it is greatly and truly important for us to understand how God is working in our lives and where we can become his servants and do things to make this world a better and brighter place. Certainly, it doesn't happen on our own, but through the mercy and grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we are invited into a relationship with him. As the first apostles decided to follow him on the seas of the shore of Galilee over 2,000 years ago, and they went with him to and through the cross, even though they had stumbled and fallen and many of them had denied the Lord, and even up to three times, they ultimately would come back into the fold and God would invite them back in and be the leaders and the builders up of the faith and the church. So as we enter into that time and space, the holy places that we'll go to celebrate the Lord's passion and to recall all the things, the blessings and the graces He's poured out to us in our lives because of His mercy and His endless love. Help us to understand that we too are called to be disciples. We too are being asked by the Father to give of our time, our treasure, and our talent, and to do all things for Christ, for He is our end game. Heaven awaits us. We're called to sainthood. And as we journey on together, as we continue to be present to the Lord this week, I ask you to quiet yourself, to take some time from the busyness and the rat race of life, to be able to go to a holy place, to be able to sit before the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, and to realize where God is calling you today. Now, as we're gearing up for Palm Sunday, this joyful celebration where Jesus triumphantly entered into the city of Jerusalem, and he was welcomed with palm branches and just a great celebration. People were, you know, waving those palms and bowing down to him and hailing him king and he's riding on a donkey, and there's a great celebration that's happening, it's important for us to remember that when we fast forward just a week later, that that 
would end in the resurrection, ultimate celebration, something so emphatic and so jubilant that nobody could ever have imagined how triumphant that victory would be. But in between, in the six or seven days in between, there was great angst. These things were built up over the course of the week and ultimately Friday hits and wow, how big of a deal it was and how much of victory was at stake when Jesus was there on the cross. Now we're going to journey with you through this all. And we're starting with Palm Sunday. You know, in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, it discusses how it's adopting the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And for this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow down in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that comes from Philippians 2, 5 through 11. What St. Paul is trying to articulate here to us as we get ready for Palm Sunday is that this triumphant entry, this jubilation, well, that didn't come at just anything. It came at a price. And Jesus was humble enough to take the form of a human being. Although still divine, God the Father came down onto this earth in the form of the Blessed Son, Jesus Christ, the second person in the Holy Trinity, and walked amongst us and lived the way that we did and entered into humanity in a beautiful manner. What great humility that it took. And ultimately, to give his life, to do all these miraculous things in the last three years of his ministry, and go around and teach, and to be the good news to other people, to show and share how to love, and to pave this path ultimately to heaven. But the end was that Jesus had to face death on the cross as a sacrifice for us all to wash away our sins and to open up the freedom in being a child of God, eternal life. But we know that that was not the end because there was the resurrection day. But on Palm Sunday, everything was great. There were so many triumphant celebrations and people were welcoming him into Jerusalem. And it foreshadows though, this triumphant entry into the new Jerusalem, eternity. And that's something that God wants us to enter into here on this earth, but ultimately when we meet our maker face to face in the kingdom of heaven. And it's a prelude to that. Because someday when we meet the Lord face to face, when we have this belief and faith in our heart, we're going to share with him that eternal glory. But what is so important here is to recognize, starting on this day, Palm Sunday, that Jesus knew what he was going to enter into. And as Christians and as believers, we ultimately know what we're entering into with the Lord. If we're signing up for his glory and his resurrection of this magnificence, this beauty and this grace, we're also signing up for the cross. And the cross is really heavy. So in between Palm Sunday and Resurrection Sunday, there's a series of things that take place. Monday, a piece of scripture that you might want to read on Monday is Isaiah 42, one through four, which says, here is my servant. I have made him strong. He is my chosen one. I am pleased with him. I have given him my spirit and he will bring justice to the nations. He won't shout out or yell or call out in in the streets. He won't break off a bent reed or put out a dying flame but he will make sure that justice is done. 
He won't quit or give up until he brings justice everywhere on earth and people in foreign nations long for his teaching. See, during the times of Jesus, the Jews were longing for his teaching. The Hebrews, even the Pharisees and Sadducees, they wanted to know more. They wanted to know God. They wanted to follow him. And when Jesus arrives on the scene, even though it's unpopular for many, he was doing just that. He was the rabbi. He was the teacher, the Holy One of Israel that was giving all these things in the decrees. He was the fulfillment of the Old and the New Testament. And that is something for us to understand today, that we are God's servant, that he is calling us to be strong. He is telling us that you and I are his chosen ones. And that by giving us his Holy Spirit, that's going to teach us all things that we can be the good news and the word of encouragement throughout the earth. That it's our great commission to live this out. And that is ultimately what God is asking for us to do, to live it out by the actions in our lives, how we treat other people, the way that we go about it, and the way that we totally and radically can be transformed by his love, mercy, and grace so that he can live in us, with us, and through us in order that we might give a light to the world. On Tuesday, in Isaiah 49, 1-4, I encourage you to read the great scripture which says, Listen to me, you islands, hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. Building on that calling, building on that issuing in, so to speak, from Monday. In Tuesday, we hear this word from Isaiah the prophet again, that God is calling us to those distant nations, that he's telling us and reminding us that he knew us before we were even formed in our mother's womb, that he had this plan of salvation from the beginning of time, and that ultimately he wants to have relationship with us, that he's calling us to himself. But ultimately, it takes us the ability and the wherewithal to sit down and to think, hey, I need God. I need Him. And He needs me, so to speak, to be His servant. Because this world is in great need to be His hands and His feet, to be other Christs in the world. You are my servant Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. See, through the working of your life, through God in your life, working through you and with you, he is going to share his glory and his splendor with all the earth. In the people in your communities, in your churches, in your schools, in your workplaces, God is going to shine through you. As it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, that you are the light of the world, and that by shining, that Christ's light will be manifested. Let your light shine before others so that they might see your good works and glorify your heavenly Father. That's exactly what the scripture says. So glorify God by displaying your life and dedicating it to Christ. But first it comes to listening to Him. To listen. First, we have to hear. And in hearing, we receive the Word of God in our heart by reading the Scripture, by hearing other people, elders and those who have wisdom, those who we know and those who know us very well. So that way we can contemplate, reflect upon, and hear God's voice and listen because listening results in action, and action will truly change the course of our lives. Then we have this idea of Spy Wednesday, 
in Matthew's Gospel 26, 14 through 16, on Wednesday of this week, right before we get to the culminating events of salvation, issuing in of the passion, death, and resurrection, we have in the Gospel the one of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me if I turn Jesus over to you? They paid him 30 pieces of silver. From that time on, he was looking for an opportunity to turn him in. On Wednesday, it's a time for us to call to mind the times that maybe we have sold out the Lord. The times that we can think and look ourselves in the mirror and say, Yes, I have failed. I have not done my best at certain times. I have even abandoned God. And in some ways that I have sold myself short by just turning things over and not in a good way. But instead of turning ourselves over to the Lord, we have had times in our life where we've been Judas Iscariot. But here's the good news. The good news is that redemption is at hand. Unfortunately, Judas didn't come to understand the full and beautiful relationship that he could have had with the Lord, to receive him into his heart and to understand that God loved him above all things, that his own brokenness and sinfulness was not going to hold him down, but he chose, he truly chose to give it away. He chose to give the gift away. Let us never give the gift away. Let us never be departed or separated from the love of Christ. To always keep Him in our heart and to realize that although we might fail, although we might tend to fall because that is human nature, that He is there to catch us because He has us in the palm of His hand. And that is God's love and mercy. He is always there for you. He has you in the palm of His hand and He will continue to carry you all the days of your life. Spy. Spy those things in your life that are trying to creep in. Because during this Lenten journey, during these last 40 or so days, as we're going through the wilderness, it makes a lot of sense. Call to mind the time when Jesus was in the wilderness and the devil, Satan, entered and he tried to allure and um, tried to attract Jesus to get away from holy and godly things. He tried to tempt him into you know, worshiping him for all the kingdoms of, of the world for making you know, stone into bread and, and to try to lead him into doing things that were contrary to what God was asking. Well, in our life, in this 21st century, in the culture, in the time that we're living in, there are so many things that try to come in and impact us. And unfortunately, they're not in a positive manner. So often we could get caught up in so many of the happenings of life. And we could be distracted by things and they could take us away from what is so good and what is meaningful. So keep an eye on out. Ask God to help you to recognize. And in order to spy those things that we can see that could be impacting our life in a negative manner, give us the clarity and the ability to see the things that we do need and to be ultimately forgiven, to go to God and to ask Him for forgiveness. So maybe it's on Wednesday, or any day rather, of this Holy Week, that we go and we confess our sins by going to confession, by laying them all down, And by allowing God to wipe our slate clean, there will be a great burden that's lightened. The load will be far less heavy. And by giving ourselves away in humility, by saying to the Lord, I know that I can't do this on my own, but through your grace and goodness, your ability to create a new in me, that clean heart and steadfast spirit, I can get back on track. So that way we don't fall away. And may we never be tempted into this horrible idea of turning our life completely away from Christ. So we see the example of negativity that Judas Iscariot had. Once a faithful follower, and then it led ultimately to his death 
him taking his own life because of great shame that he couldn't come over the fact that he gave up the Lord. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Be right back at it in a moment. The Life Till the Fullest podcast is brought to you by EF3 Life. Make sure to visit ef3life.com for more episodes of this podcast, as well as resources and books like my bestseller, Fire Burning Within, fiercely taking on life to achieve victory with God, leading you every step of the way. And make sure to follow us at EF3Life on social media. Welcome back to the Life to the Fullest podcast by EF3Life. This time we're sharing with you our reflections on Holy Week. And it's just a beautiful rendition of what God's grace and mercy can do for us, all the way from Palm Sunday right through the Passion, Death, and the Resurrection of the Lord. And we so far have discussed in the first segment the power of Palm Sunday and issuing in of God's reign and Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And then on Monday, reflecting upon the words of Isaiah the prophet in chapter 42, that we are his servant. And that by doing so, by entering into this life of Christ, that God has something great in store for each of us that He's trying to teach us and help us to receive. On Tuesday, again in Isaiah the prophet, 49, 1-4, through 4, to listen to the Lord, to understand where He's calling us, and to rely ultimately on God, because we are His servant. The greatest servant of Israel was Jesus Christ, and He's our servant here on this earth, but ultimately, we have to be that servant for God. Spy Wednesday, recalling and reflecting upon Judas Iscariot, and how he betrayed the Lord, how he radically decided to change his life by following, but then fell off, and it led to his death. It led to his selfishness and his downfall. We must continue to take a deep look on the inside of ourselves, so that way we can see where we need to turn our life over to the Lord more, and to spy out, be on the lookout for those things that are trying to impact us in a negative manner and to pull us away from God to rid ourselves of those things so we can enter into His holiness and receive His grace and mercy, to have that clarity to understand where He is leading us next. Now, in this segment, it's time for us to discuss Monday, Thursday. And why is called this? Because in John's Gospel, chapter 13, verses 12 through 16, He's articulating to us things to come and ultimately how to be that servant, to wash the feet of other people. Now, when we think about the passion, death, and the resurrection, the Last Supper, it all started with Jesus doing things for others. And that's what He is calling us to. We are called to be men and women for others, to be people who bring Christ to those who are in need. In John 13, it says, When He had washed their feet and put out His outer garments and resumed His place, He said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do, just as I have done. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. What a beautiful example that Jesus lays forth for us. He humbled himself to come not only to this earth, but while he's here with us, he decides to wash the feet of those who are walking with him. That is power. That is beauty and grace. That is showing, by example, 
how we must do for others, whether it be the actual washing of feet in a literal sense, or it be the spiritual and figurative washing of feet by showing up in other people's lives, by being present to them, encountering the risen Christ. Think about these things. As we're entering into this Holy Week, what are ways that you can wash the feet of others in your life? What are ways that you can show up to somebody in their time of need, in their distress? What are small ways that you can live out great love, as Mother Teresa mentioned? And be the little flower like Teresa of Lisieux. To be the sunshine of God, shining on the faces of other people. That's being Christ in the world. See, it doesn't take such great magnanimous events, miraculous occurrences, or doing something that's ultimately so spectacular. But it happens in the very little days, in the very little ways of our life, by showing up, by allowing God to lead us and direct us, by showing up and doing the things that He has called us to do, by just simply loving. Love. Love and do what you will. See, that is what it's about. It's about washing the feet because Jesus did it first. It's about sharing His love because that's what people need. Whether they understand it completely or not, whether they have tapped into their faith or it's deeply buried in the seeds and the recesses of their very heart, each of us thirsts for Christ. Why? Because He is love and He has the wellsprings of everlasting life and the beautiful springs of water that will lead to eternity. Thursday, also the day where the Lord Jesus Christ getting ready for His passion, death, and resurrection. And it was true that on Holy Thursday, those times when then he would have the Last Supper and be with his friends, who didn't know what was about to happen, even though he had pre-shown pre them and he had described the things and the events that were going to take place, he knew that they wouldn't understand fully. But the thing is, they entered into that dinner with him. And at the night of his Last Supper, what does he do? He takes the body and the blood his body and blood, which are manifested in the very form of bread and wine that He's given to us today in the Holy Eucharist. And He said, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which is given up for you. Why? Why did He give it up for you? Why did He give it up for me? He gave it because He wanted to love. And He gave it in the greatest act of love possible. And every time that we receive the Lord in the Holy Eucharist, every time that we consume His body and His precious blood that are manifested and veiled beneath the form of bread and wine, we receive Him into our soul. He lives in us and with us and through us. He lived through us so that way we could do amazing things, things that we could never do on our own. So we're filled with the Spirit, so we're filled with God's grace, mercy, love, and joy, and that we can radiate it and share it with the world. Do this in memory of me. Remember where it started. Remember where it began. Remember during Holy Week, the Last Supper. Wow, think about that. Breaking bread around the table, something that we do almost every single day. And so often, especially during the holiday season, and now that you know things are opening back up a little bit from the pandemic, maybe you too will be breaking bread this Easter. Maybe it'll be more than with just the people who are in the confines of your home. Whether it's with a large crowd or it's with a small group, know that by breaking bread we're sharing 
in the Lord. We're sharing in love. We're sharing in relationship. And that's what God is all about, fostering that relationship and building that trust so we can enter fully into Him and He can enter into us so that we can be changed. So we are filled with joy, joy that no one and nothing in this world, nothing at all can ever take away from us so we can be whole. And in being whole, we find our holiness that has remained within. God has blessed us greatly. He's blessed us greatly. So on Thursday, and each day of this week, call to mind, try to spend some time in front of the Blessed Sacrament. If you're able to get to Mass, I encourage you to do so so you can receive the Lord and feel His power and His might in the Eucharist because He is there, truly present. And when He enters into you, understand that He will change your heart, that He will heal you from all things that are robbing you of joy that He will transform your life so much that you will want to serve Him and you will follow Him wherever He leads you. But you have to believe, you have to trust, you have to understand that it's in receiving Him that then we can give our gifts in our life as a sacrifice for others, as a servant, and to be Christ in the world. Good Friday. Isaiah 53, 1-5 says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of the dry ground. He hath no form, nor comes, when he will see him. There is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid it as if we our faces were hidden from him. And he was displeased, and we esteemed him not. He was despised. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Good Friday. So oftentimes people don't understand the faith as much. might ask you, why is it called good? What is good about that Friday? You know, during the course of a regular week, everybody's looking forward to Friday. They're looking forward to it because the weekend is about to implore. And it is good because there's so many great things that you could take part of outside of your work and enjoyment with other people, activities, and things that you just decide to do with your time. Many blessings come during the weekends of life. But what was good about this particular Friday? What was good about Jesus entering into his passion and then his death. What was so good about him having to, you know, go through all of the buffets and the spitting, the chastisement, the whipping and the agony, the carrying of that wooden cross all the way to Gethsemane and Golgotha. And it started in Gethsemane, there in the garden where he is really struggling, where he cries out to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, during our life, we're going to hit Friday. And there's going to be these moments that are extremely difficult. They're going to knock us down and maybe even shatter us. But God has the ability to glue all the pieces back together through His mercy and His grace. And although we might be broken, although we might be knocked down, although we might fall time and time again, remember Jesus Himself fell numerous times on His way to Calvary. He fell, and as He fell... He needed Simon of Cyrene to help him to carry the cross. So if our Lord, so infinite and divine, 
full of power and strength, needed another human being to help him. What an example for us to ask for the help of other people and to be the helper to those who are in need, to carry the cross. See, the cross has great weight, but it's, it is the most significant and important, um, powerful way to our life because it will be hard. Friday moments will come time and time again. They're not going to go away. Unfortunately, I wish I could say that if you believe in the Lord, if you trust Him with all your heart, if you dedicate yourself to Christ, then nothing bad will happen. We know that's the farthest thing from the truth. Actually, so oftentimes, the people who are following Him completely and fully will have even greater struggle because they enter into His life. And we know when we enter into His life, there are going to be things that we have to change about ours. But rely on God. He can change those things. And the enemy is going to try to drag you down. He's going to try to come back. And he's going to try to take you away from the Lord. But the Lord will never allow that to happen. Good Friday. Why is it called good? Well, it's called the good because if you think about it in the future, just a couple days from then, just a couple days from now, what will happen? Sunday. But see, you can't have Sunday. You can't have light without the darkness. You can't have beauty and joy without the dark, without the death. You can't have resurrection without the grave. And that's what ultimately happened. Jesus entered into his passion because he knew that by his blood, by his shedding of his innocence, that he would be able to take on the sins of all and nailed it to the cross so that he could open up his outstretched arms so we could have eternal life. Recall the words of Isaiah at the end of this segment. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. See, Jesus is hanging there on the cross. He has his arms stretched wide open for you and for me. And it's never too late to come back to the Lord. We know that by looking at the other two that were on the cross right next to him. One who didn't want anything to do with Jesus, who was mocking him, who even said, you know, if you're so great, then why don't you get down from the cross and get us down too? But there was yet another who said, remember me, Lord, when you come into your kingdom. He was forgiven, and he is with God today. And even though it was his last breaths, even though it was with his last ounces of energy and the life that was flowing within him, it was never too late. Jesus says, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. His heart is there. It's endless mercy, oceans of grace to overflow and to fill you with God's beauty and goodness. Good Friday. It is good. It is good because He decided to take on all the world that was bad, all the sinfulness, all the shame, all the things that separate us from God, all the times that people like myself and those around us have walked out on the Lord who've decided to not do it the right way, to not follow the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ. He made it good. He erased all the bad, so that way we can enter into the Father's loving arms. And then we have Holy Saturday, this time that's waiting, a waiting in the tomb. So often when we wait, that is preparing us for what is to come. So now the Lord has been buried. He's in the grave. He's actually there in the tomb. And in that tomb, what happens? Transformation. It's kind of like the metamorphosis of the butterfly. 
the caterpillar goes through life, and then it seems to enter into the chrysalis. And when it's in there, great transformation happens. The transfiguration happens. A new creation is born. And that is what God does for us when we enter into Christ. And this happens when we enter into His, his life and His death by being those who are baptized, by entering into the church. But it's in that grave, in that tomb, in that cocoon of life, so to speak, in the waiting of Holy Saturday, that growth occurs, that we get ready. And God is preparing you and I for the ultimate party and celebration, which is Resurrection Day, Easter Sunday, the glorious morn that will be born. And that is almost here, but we wait. We have to wait patiently. What an example for us in our lives. So often we ask God and we expect Him to answer it just like that. We expect those things that we request or we're hopeful for, that they come to us a lot sooner. But things happen in God's timetable. And Jesus even showed His disciples that in three days I will be raised. But they didn't understand that. You have to wait. Sometimes the waiting takes a lot longer. Maybe it will be literally three days you'll wait for something. And maybe it will be many years. But remain hopeful. Understand that God is on the throne and He has a plan for your life. And in the waiting, growth will occur. Because you will have perseverance. See, in Romans 6, 3-11, it says, Have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in baptism, we joined Him in His death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with Him in His death, we have also been raised to life as He was. So first you have to enter into the death, and then you can have the life. Paul continues to say, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ, so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. See that baptism, entering into the newness. Behold, I make all things new, a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, new things have come. You are a daughter and a son of God. Remind yourself of this as you're waiting for Easter, as you're waiting for the resurrection, especially during Holy Saturday, during the waiting moment, Understand that, yes, you have entered into the death and the passion of the Lord. You carry the cross. And now as you wait for the glorious day of Easter, for the resurrection, that you are being formed to new creation, just like that butterfly. Because it started as a caterpillar, a journey through life. And then it goes through that metamorphosis, through that change, through that radical revolutionizing of itself. And then it becomes its fullest and greatest and most beautiful of all creation, able to soar and to fly free. Because Christ will make us free. He makes us free from sin indeed. Sin has no power against us. No weapon formed against us shall prosper because He has freed us from sin and from death. We know that sin leads to death. But thanks to the grace and God of Jesus Christ, He freed us from this by His blood on the cross. Paul says, And since we died with Christ, we know we also live with Him. We are sure of this, sure of this, because Christ was raised from the dead and He will never die again. No longer does death have any power over Him. When He died, He died once to break the power of sin. But now that He lives, He lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin 
and alive to God through Christ Jesus. What powerful scripture to recall and remind ourselves of the waiting, of waiting of this glorious morn, of waiting of what Jesus has in store for each of us here today in 2021 and when we receive him into our heart so we're prepared to meet him someday when he calls us home. If we died with Christ, we know we also live with him. Not we think, not we hope, but we know. These are intentional words by St. Paul in his letter to the Romans. We are sure of this, he says, because Christ was raised from the dead. See, none of this would be certainty. None of this would be a guarantee if Jesus hadn't raised. If it ended on Friday, Good Friday would have been Bad Friday. It would have been the worst Friday of all. But it's good because it leads to the Easter Sunday, to the celebration, to life that never ends. And that death no longer has power over him and it doesn't have power over you. Because no matter what you've done in the past, and even what you might do in the future, God forgives us with endless mercy. There's nothing that we could do or ever have done that will ever separate us from God's love if we receive his forgiveness. The only thing that can is if we do not forgive ourselves and if we don't receive his grace, if we refuse to receive his forgiveness and we refuse to receive his love. That's the only thing that could separate us from him. And even still, he will be continuing to search us out because he seeks us, because he loves us so much. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Life to the fullest is found in Jesus Christ and walking with him. There is nothing on this earth that will satisfy you other than a relationship with the Lord. No matter what happens in your life, whether it's the best things ever or it's the worst situations, Jesus Christ is our ultimate gain. And that is why Paul said, to live is for Christ and to die is gain. You can't take your money to the grave, even your loved ones, they will probably pass before you or you'll pass and, and they'll be left without you. Ultimately, yes, we will be reunited with them in heaven, but there is nothing, no material thing, no thought, no inclination, other than our faith and the relationship we have with the Lord in our heart, our soul be manifested with Christ in heaven, that will lead us to pure joy. Jesus says it in the Gospel of John. I've told you think these things so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be made complete. I have come so that they might have life and have it to the full. And then we enter Easter, Easter Sunday, the glorious resurrection day of the Lord. In John chapter 20, verses 1 through 9, says, Before the sun had risen on Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene made a trip to the tomb where his body was laid to rest. In the darkness, she discovered the covering had been rolled away. She darted out of the garden to find Simon Peter and the dearly loved disciple to deliver the startling news. Mary Magdalene, they have taken the body of our Lord and we cannot find him. Together, they all departed for the tomb to see it for themselves. They began to run and Peter could not keep up. The beloved disciple arrived first but did not go in. There was no corpse there in the tomb, only the linens and the cloths he was wrapped in. When Simon Peter finally arrived, he went into the tomb and observed the same. The cloth that covered his face appeared to have been folded carefully and placed 
not with the linen cloths, but to the side. After Peter pointed this out, the other disciple who had arrived long before Peter also entered the tomb. And based on what he saw, faith began to well up inside of him. Before this moment, none of them understood the scriptures and why he must be raised from the dead. Hallelujah! He is risen. Imagine being there. Imagine being one of those apostles, the first disciples. Imagine going to the tomb where you know they laid Jesus after he died, after he was taken down from the cross, he was laid there. A great rock was put before the entrance of the tomb. And then Easter Sunday, you go and you see he is no longer there. Why? Because he has risen. Sin no longer has power over us. He has risen. Death no longer has power over us, for he has risen. Heartache no longer has power over us because he has risen. Suffering no longer has power over us because he has risen. No matter what you're going through in your life right now, no matter how hard it might be, no matter how dry that desert might seem, no matter what you are facing, as hard as it is, understand, he is risen. The risen Lord will take you to places you could have never have imagined. He will transform your heart and allow you to have peace amidst the great troubles of life. He will fill you with joy because that is what he does. Jesus gives you the grace and the understanding through the power of the Holy Spirit, through God's divine providence and love, that you are a daughter and a son of God. And if you are, you receive it, you believe it, you say amen, you are his child. You are his chosen one. You are the one who will be entering into his glory this Sunday. And in the last day, the true resurrection from the dead. But you have to believe it. See, John is trying to articulate to us the hope, the hope that remains in Christ. And the hope that there is nothing that can hold us down. We are a new creation. We have everything we could ever need because he's already done it for us. There's nothing that we have to do other than to believe and to give our best effort daily to walk with Him, to remain open to where He's leading us in our life, to receive His grace and allow God to live through us. That's what He wants. He wants us to be open so we will listen to His Son, so He can change our hearts, so He can show us the way to eternal life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So during this Holy Week, my encouragement to you is each and every one of these days, starting with Palm Sunday, all the way through Easter, that you can take some time to reflect upon these scriptures, to enter into the Lord's passion, death, and resurrection, to call to mind in your own life where He is leading you next, where He's asking you to be Christ for the world, where he's asking you to share his love and his resurrection power, where he's asking you to receive his graces so you could be transformed. Jesus loves you. He cares about you deeply. And he has a great plan set forth for your life. And no matter what happens, know that you're in the palm of God's hands, that he is under control. And he has everything planned out and mapped out for you. Ultimately, he has something that nothing and no one can ever take away. 
and that is life. Happy Resurrection Day to you on its way. I hope that you have a blessed time this Holy Week and that you can enter fully into the Lord's presence so He can reshape and reconfigure everything in your life. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, I thank you for this time to share with your people this message of salvation that comes from our Lord Jesus Christ, this free gift, this grace, that this abundance of love and mercy that was won on the cross, victory over the grave. May we enter this Holy Week with an open mind, with an open heart. Give us clarity. Give us understanding. Send forth your Holy Spirit and be one with us. Live in us and through us and help us to always keep our eyes fixed on you, to remain faithful no matter what happens in our life, and to know with full certainty that Sunday's coming. Despite all the hardship, the heartache, the things that are difficult, the challenges and the hardships of life, help us to realize that Friday moments will come. However, you paid the price. You won it all through your love, the ultimate sacrifice on the cross to open up to us the freedom as a child of God, to know with full certainty that life is there for us. Resurrection Day is on the way, that Easter and the beautiful light of Christ will shine in our hearts forever. This podcast is brought to you by EF3 Life. Make sure to visit ef3life.com to gain access to books, resources, and more episodes of the Life to the Fullest podcast in order to further grow in the areas of education, faith, fitness, and finance. Be sure to continue to follow us on social media at EF3Life. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm your host, Dan Jason. Until next time, keep living life to the fullest.